We have made it, Mike, episode 40 of the night shift and you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts. you can also follow us on social media at stubs 980 and at kyle grimard two b's and stubs g-r-i-m-a-r-d it's it's funny mike it's been weird over the last little bit it's been such a long time since we've been able to go to bud gardens for a home game because this extensive road trip over the the last few weeks is continuing on into this weekend and it is not going to be an easy one for london coming up no, no, it's not. And normally, if you go back in time, Kyle, this road trip is maybe not as tough as the one that would go east where you think, Ugh, Peterborough, Ugh, Ottawa, or some of the other trips that the London Knights might do. Because for years, North Bay has been decent, but not necessarily a team battling for the top of the standings. And then Barry, well, they're they're usually tough. Uh, Sudbury has, you know, at times been fighting to make the playoffs, and it would look like that's what they're doing right now. You look at Barry, Sudbury, and North Bay, all of them are streaking. All of them are playing some of their best hockey of the year, and Barry and North Bay have been top teams throughout this season. So the degree of difficulty on this road trip is a three-and-one-half backward somersault from the 10-meter tower. It's tough. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And, you know, they have the, the two, three seeds in the Eastern Conference. And they got Sudbury sitting in seventh right now, too. So we'll highlight all those matches. But, you know, with the Knights being on the road and, you know, they're going to be spending a lot of time together. And, you know, this is a really good opportunity for them to bond. You were actually able as well to to go and, and hang out with them. And, and you proposed a fun little game between Sean McGurn, George Diaco and Logan Mayhew. That's right. And I've got to thank Jacob, who is eight. Uh, he sent in a question to Mike at 980cfpl.ca. And that question was, who gets to sit in the back of the bus? And so I thought, OK, well, let's let's ask for a few more questions. And we did that on the show that I do London Live. And we got a few more questions about the road. And so we threw those all together and we grabbed George Diaco, Sean McGurn and Logan Mayhew to ask the behind the scenes technical stuff. Hotel room stuff, how is that matched up? Eating on the road, what you do on an off day, all of the things that the Knights are going to be dealing with as they make their way through Barrie, Sudbury, and North Bay. So we started off with Jacob's question, who gets to sit in the back of the bus? Here is the answer from George Diaco. Yeah, I would just say um, the longer you've been in this league, it's uh, the farther back of the bus you go. So like the three guys right here, we're all close to the back. So who has the very back of the bus? Because sometimes on coach buses, that means three seats. No, in yeah. our case, we don't get, uh, there's no three seats. I'm all the way in the back of the bus, but that's because I'm, I've been here the longest and it's me and Broche. And then, yeah, I know our bus, our bus is pretty good, but uh, it's, it's definitely better to sit in the back. So what if two guys have been in the league, Logan, the same amount of time? Is there a way to break a tie? Yeah, there's kind of like, uh, it kind of goes by like games played for the most part, and then it kind of drops down after that. So it's like age, age is the first one, and then like games played or like how many years you kind of been in the league, and then maybe like and then if it if there's still like a tie or something like that, then it'll maybe go like NHL draft or stuff like that. So. <laughs> We're talking with Logan Mayhew, Sean McGurn, and George Diaco, and we're talking about life on the road. The Knights are, in a way, 
They're going to be on the road tonight because they are going to be at the Pickle Barrel, and they're there for autographs, and you can stop by and see them starting at 6 o'clock. These three, George Ziako, Sean McGurn, and Logan Mayo are there. Ethan McKinnon's there. Brett Brochu is there tonight. Okay, next question. This one comes from a different Ethan. I don't think it's Ethan McKinnon. You'll have to ask him, but I don't <laughs> think it is. Uh, different Ethan, it says, how do you pick your roommate on the road? Sean, how do you pick your roommate? Uh, our staff knows us pretty well, so they pick for us. But uh, they like to put older guys with older guys like me and Yako both room together. And then uh, Logan was actually lucky enough to room by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last last time, last trip, I lucked out and got my own room. But uh, usually, I'm usually with one of the one of the older uh, defensemen we got. So. And so, George, do you and Sean room together all the time? Like that doesn't change. Once things are set, they're set. Yeah, exactly. We um, Since I got here, I've been roommates with him. Okay, let's go to this then. Just as a follow-up to Ethan's question, what if somebody likes to sleep with the TV on or somebody likes to have the room at, I don't know, 23 degrees, all warm, uh, and the other guy likes neither of those things? George, what do you do? Usually fight. So <laughs> no, um, I've been in lots of those scenarios. It's just you have to compromise a little bit. Luckily, me and Sean, we don't really argue too much. So whatever goes, goes. But I've been with some roommates before where they like it negative weather in there, and then they like the TV on. So I just go with whatever. I'm so Sean, you're a TV off. I'm a TV off. I usually listen to a podcast, with my AirPods in, and try to fall asleep, something like that. Look at that. Okay. We're talking with Sean McGurn, George Diaco, and Logan Mayhew. They'll be at the Pickle Barrel tonight starting at 6 o'clock, signing autographs with Brett Brochu and Ethan McKinnon, and then the night start, a three-game road trip in Barrie on Thursday. Logan, next question we have comes from Allison, and it says, what time do the Knights eat breakfast on a game day? Uh, I'm I'm assuming this is okay on a on a let's call it a road game day because on a home game day you guys probably eat at all different times. So what time do you have to eat breakfast on a game day? Uh, usually around like nine nine to ten a.m. is usually where we get up, uh, have breakfast, and then we do like video and stuff as a team and kind of try and get moving a little bit uh, in the morning so that come game time it's not our uh, our first time moving around. Okay, one more question for you guys, and then uh, the one, two, three, four, five questions are over. Uh, Sean, what do teams do on the road if they have an off day? I'm thinking you guys don't go anywhere warm enough to golf in the winter. That's from Terry. No, no, you don't. You don't go anywhere warm enough to golf in the winter. Uh, Sean, what do you do? Uh, on an off day, it, it's fun to maybe walk around the which, whichever new city or town you're in. You don't get to see too often, so we like to do that, or uh, maybe even try out a different restaurant you've never been to. So little things like that, just being with the guys is mostly the, the best part. Yeah, like this weekend we're uh, in North Bay. We're headed there after our game Friday in Sudbury, and then we got uh, Saturday all in North Bay. So we're kind of going as a team lunch and then uh, team movie Saturday night, North Bay before, uh, before our game against some Sunday. So should be a good kind of bonding experience for everyone. Bring us a little closer. Big road trip guys. Enjoy it. Thank you for answering the questions. Thanks. Thank Andy. you. Thank you. That is George Diaco, Logan Mayu, and Sean McGurn. So the team picks who you stay with, 
The off day will feature a movie. I'm not sure what movie they're going to go and see, but just kind of hanging out in the cities that you're in because we don't get to go to these cities very often. In fact, we haven't been to Sudbury and North Bay in three years. The last time we were in Sudbury, I didn't think this could happen, Kyle. Maybe I need to pay more attention to the weather, but the wind chill in Sudbury, that trip was minus 54. I would think that's that's a like a false statement. There's no <laughs> way it can be that cold unless you're in northern Yukon territories or in the absolute depths of Calgary or Edmonton where we see those wind chills get up into the minus 40, 45 section. But wow, that, yeah. I don't know how that one's not memorable in your brain, Mike. That's crazy. Well, I think I've either blocked it out or my face is still thawing. <laughs> if you were outside, it, it hurt. So it was cold in Sudbury. But looking forward to this trip for sure. And Kyle, we get to break down what exactly the Knights are up against, starting against the Barry Colts. Yeah, you know, and, and they've really only had a chance to play one other time. It came back during a Remembrance Day on November the 11th. London Knights pulled ahead with a 5-4 to four victory. But like we said, you know, the... Barry right now is playing some really, really good hockey. They're top three in the Eastern Conference, and they've got a lot of players you need to look out for. You've got to look out for uh, Evan Veerling, Ethan Cardwell, Jacob Frasca. Like those are those are some big names that put up some really good points that that pace this Barry team. And you've got to be careful, uh, especially going into their barn. This team really got a lift, and they were good before for all of the players that you just mentioned. And then Brant Clark comes back from Team Canada and the LA Kings. This guy's got 45 points in 25 games. And you might think, well, that's not too bad for a forward. He's a defenseman. 45 points in 25 games, and he's somebody that if you give him an opportunity on the power play, on the blue line, to move around, to either find seams or get pucks to the net, he's going to do that. He is as dangerous as they come. And so Brant Clark is a guy to pay attention to. The Barry Colts have won six of their last seven games coming into the game that they will play against the London Knights on Thursday. They added some more grit in Tyler Savard. He's been a big pickup. And so this is a really difficult opponent to kick off this road trip against. And Barry tends to be, for whatever reason, a tough place for the Knights to play, whether it is, you know, the three hours down on a down and back, or whether it's the start of a road trip because it usually kicks off a road trip on their schedule. So this is a tough, tough place. I can remember even the team of the century. Now, granted, there were a lot of good players on the Barry Colts at that point, but they went in there and, and they had to get themselves through. I think it was a 4-2 win that night. But you can go back all the way to 2013 for maybe one of the most memorable games in Barry, one of the most important games in Barry in Knights history, because these two clubs met in the 2013 OHL Championship Series. And Kyle, everybody knows the Bo Horvat goal with 0.1 seconds left yep. in game seven. Well, We almost didn't get to that point because the London Knights, if everybody remembers, had fallen behind three games to one in that series. They had split in London and then Barry had won both games in Barry. The Knights came home. They won. So now the series was three, two in favor of the Colts, but Barry was heading home and this was their opportunity to clinch a championship on their home ice. 
Now, the Knights came out as fast as they've ever come out. Brett Walichka, Ryan Rupert, and Max Domi combined on a goal by Walichka in the first two and a half minutes of the game, made it one nothing. Knights led 2 nothing after one, and Bo Horvat and Ryan Rupert scored in the second period, so they led 4 nothing. And you would think, here comes game seven. And then in the third period, the Barry Colts zoomed on back. They scored four goals in the third period, including the game-tying goal with 42 seconds left, and that sent it to overtime, and that place was nuts. I swear there were blocks and shingles falling from walls and roofs. The, The place was coming down, and the Knights knew that they had to come out very quickly in that overtime period, and a minute 30 seconds into overtime, Max Domi actually chips a puck into the slot, and Ryan Rupert baseball bats it out of the air and in, and the Knights escape with a 5-4 overtime win. They go back home, and one of the weird stories from that game, Mitchell Theoret scored the game-tying goal with 42 seconds left, and then in the celebration, inadvertently fell on Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley suffered a concussion on that play, did not play game seven in London. Wow. And it happened in the celebration. It's crazy to think that you get so hyped up and caught up in the moment that sometimes, I mean, we've seen it happen in, in the NFL or in football with players who celebrate a touchdown and they end up hurting their knees. We've now seen it multiple times, you know, basketball happens all the time as well. And you got to be careful in hockey. What we see when they have those big celebrations now, it's when you win it all, but when guys are dogpiling on one another, you think, man, someone takes a knee to the head or accidentally gets a skate somewhere, but who would have thought that a game tying goal and a game that's still going on that celebration results in a concussion for one of your, if not best players on that team, trying to win a championship. Wild. The Knights would come back home and the game would be two, two into the final minute. Seth Griffith dumps the puck in. It comes around the boards to Alex Broadhurst. He throws it out front. It hits a stick, goes to Bo Horvat at the side of the net. And he puts it in just enough to give the Knights a win with 0.1 seconds left. One of the most famous goals in Knights history. Yeah, famous goals in Knights history that almost wasn't the game prior in Barrie. Well, then they uh, head on out later on on the weekend to go take on the Sudbury Wolves. And and like you said, Sudbury right now, you know, not in the top three. They're seventh right now in the Eastern Conference. But you can't take away from what they've been doing recently, Mike. They've won three straight games. They're seven and three over their last ten. And the one thing about Sudbury is they can put the puck in the back of the net. Crazy enough, despite how great of a year London's having, and they're having a great year, Sudbury has scored five more goals this season than the London Knights have. Yeah, and a lot of goals coming in the last little while. They took on the Sioux Greyhounds on Wednesday, beat Sioux St. Marie 9-2. The Wolves have scored 19 goals in their last three games, and they're on, like you say, a three-game winning streak. They've won six of their last seven And look at the goal totals in those victories. Five, five, another five, another five, a nine. So they are putting pucks into the net. So it'll be an interesting 
you know, game plan for the Knights? Do you want to try? Because the Knights can. Do you want to try and fly back and forth and win a 5-4 game, win a 6-5 game? Or do you try and take away that offense and force Sudbury to play defense in a tight one? Can't wait to find out Friday night what they plan to do. All right, do you want a Sudbury story? Because there's just a a classic one. I was just about to ask, do you have a, uh, a Sudbury community arena story for me? I love this arena because it really is one of the last barns in the league and it's a barn. You look up and you think, wow, it's wood up there. And it comes to a point. That's why they call these things barns. I get it now. And so if we go back to the 95, 96 season, one of the most famous stories is the Knights that year. That was the team that won three games somehow got themselves into the Sudbury arena and somehow got up high enough to borrow the wolf. There is a wolf on a clothesline, and it comes out to center ice when the Sudbury Wolves score. This has been happening for decades, I think back into the 60s. So this building opened in the 50s, and I don't think it was too long after that, but I think it was at least 1960 before the wolf came into play. But the wolf comes out and helps them to celebrate. It's been a tradition. That night's team borrowed it. So they got the wolf. They brought it back to their hotel room. They put a night's jersey on it, and they took pictures. And there are pictures of that out there. Um, And then the next night, uh, that wolf got his revenge because he got to come to center ice not once or twice, but 12 times as the Sudbury Wolves beat the Knights 12-1. How in the world were they able to go into the barn and snag the wolf? Because there's got to be someone watching it. You got to go into the third levels, the the rafters. You've got to detach it. Like there's a lot of work that goes into that. Hockey wasn't necessarily something that worked out well for that team, even though it was (laughs) a great group of guys. And it really was. And yet they just seem to be able to do a lot of other things. A lot of them have gone on to great success in life. And so this was one of the things that they managed to do. I don't know how they did it. No one's ever told the story of how they did it. Maybe enough time has passed that it's time to to call on one of those guys who was part of it and try and figure it out. Let me see what I can drum up over the next little while. All right. Well, the Knights finish off their weekend on Sunday in North Bay to take on the battalion. And this is the one of the few teams in the Ontario Hockey League, Mike, that have more points than the London Knights this year. 85 points on the season. They have a record of 41-17-2. Very similar. They've only played one more game than the Knights. It just happened to be a uh, a victory. But, you know, North Bay is going to be a team that's, you know, you're going into their barn. This was the earlier they played this season. North Bay was able to take them out by a score of four to three. They have continued their very strong play. And similarly to Sudbury, they played some really good hockey lately. Four win, four game win streak, six, three and one over their last 10 as well. They are, they're going. Yeah, they weren't necessarily off track, but for almost a calendar month, Kyle. So from January 29th until nearly, well, February doesn't have a 29th this year, but nearly a month later, I think it stopped on about the 26th, they were alternating wins and losses. And it was just win-loss, win-loss, win-loss all the way through. And now they have hit their stride. 
And here's the part about North Bay. They're going to be rested. They play Oshawa on Friday. They don't play Saturday. They didn't play Thursday. They have a pretty relaxing home schedule this weekend. The Knights will be finishing off three games in four days. But we mentioned Sudbury and their ability to score. North Bay is about keeping the puck out of the net. In their last three games in that four-game winning streak, Kyle, they've allowed one goal. Not per game, just one goal. And that was going to be my transition because they have, they can match London in terms of goaltending. Dominic DiVincente has, has been spectacular this season. He is 33 and nine. He's got three shutouts on the year. He is sporting one of the best save percentages in the OHL at a 917 mark and one of the best goals against averages with a 2.42 GAA. He is going to be a tough, a, t- a tough rock to break. He is, and that's going to be a Sunday afternoon matchup where because North Bay didn't play the night before, I think that's exactly who the Knights get in net. And then you add in all that firepower. Matvey Petrov is a guy who can score from just about anywhere. They've got a good defense core. Adam Dennis, former London Knight, is the general manager of the North Bay Battalion, and he's done a really good job building this team to be like this year after year after year. And they've got a lot of good young players coming up as well. So get ready. North Bay is going to continue to be good. Charlie Robertson's from London. He's the backup goaltender, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be watching this year, and then the Knights will have to tangle with him in years to come. He played at the top prospect game, so he's another guy who who is considered to be one of the future stars in net in the OHL. Yeah, the next takeover guy, and, and that's, you know, it's funny what you talked about, the building of that team from the net out, and you go from the defensive standpoint, and I didn't even bring up the guy, Ty Nelson, who was 68 points in 61 games. He's a third-round pick of the Seattle Kraken from last year, and he was taken in the first uh, round of the OHL selection uh, process back in 2020, so he has been a really, really solid defender at both ends of the ice, and in reality, you just go through, they have, they just, you see all the names, they have a very, very significant team, um, I'm just, I'm excited. That's going to be a very marquee matchup. Okay. One North Bay story before yes. we go. And we talked a few weeks ago on the podcast about the London Knights, the first year that Mark and Dale Hunter owned the team and how the Knights had to win their last three games and Kitchener had to lose their last three games over the final week in order for that team to even make the playoffs. And Kyle, you know how we can always go back through a schedule and, and say, you know, well, you know, This win may have helped the team to make the playoffs. That win may have helped the team to make the playoffs. But we only ever count up the stuff at the end of the season, right? Right. So in this case, I think we could go back to a trip to North Bay that very year where the Knights snuck out a point. And they maybe shouldn't have gotten that point. But because of that, they were in that position in order to go through the craziness of Kitchener losing four and the Knights winning their last three in order to make the playoffs that year. But they needed this point. They went into North Bay and Danny Bois, who was from Thunder Bay, was nearly as close to home as he was going to get. And he was on fire. He scored very early in the game. The Knights actually built a 4-1 lead right into the third period. And, and they thought they, you know, it was almost like they had this. Joel Sherban scored five seconds into the third period. And you would think, well, isn't that some kind of record? No, Doug Sinition holds the Knights record. Four seconds into a period. He won a faceoff and the center just kind of tried to push the puck forward and went by him, didn't have the puck. Sinition wound up and blasted it and it kind of knuckled in. 
And so that was four seconds into a period. Well, Joel Sherban scored five seconds into a period, into the third period. So the Knights are up 4-1. They're celebrating. They're thinking, all right, this is, this is one that we've got. And then Ryan Armstrong happened. And this was back when this was the North Bay Centennials and not the battalion. The battalion were still playing in Brampton. So Ryan Armstrong makes it 4-2. Then Ryan Armstrong makes it 4-3. And then 25 (laughs) seconds after his second goal, Ryan Armstrong tied the game. And... North Bay had a great crowd with them. They were, you know, they were rolling and the game ended up going to overtime and North Bay in overtime had, you know, had, had the momentum. They outshot the Knights 16 to four in the third period. They outshot them 43 to 30 in the game. This was their game, but Chris Kelly, the Knights captain from Ian Turner and Rick Nash on a power play in the third, in the, in overtime, wound up getting the goal that that gave them the victory. So a penalty to North Bay in overtime opened that up, and the Knights snuck out an additional point, and that additional point later in the season made it possible for that wild finish. If there be any parody, it would have been a penalty by Ryan Armstrong that set up the game-winning goal. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, it, it was actually Kyle Werner. Okay. For that interference. Oh gosh, yeah. Either either Ryan Armstrong is scoring the game winner, his fourth of the game, or he's taking the penalty that's going to give the Knights the win. But oh man, again, I we could go around. We should do that in the off season where we talk about you know some of your favorite stories in opposing barns and and some memorable teams, uh, whether it's you know back uh, a little bit further back or more recently between the Knights and whoever they match up with. But uh, I think that's that could be a fun segment. Absolutely. Well, there's tons of stories. This team has done a lot of wild things over the years, so lots to talk about. Road trip continues. The Knights don't get back home until next Friday. That is St. Patty's Day, but until then, you can follow along with all the action on 980 CFPL. Mike and Jim Van Horn will have the calls on all three games starting tonight in Barrie, and you can follow him along at Stubbs980 with two Bs. Myself at Kyle Grimard. Uh, quickly, Mike, before we head off on the pod, want to give a shout-out. Luke Evangelista called up to the Nashville Predators, scored his first two goals in the NHL, and really excited to see things to come from him oh has it been nice watching that and luke evangelista just doing what forwards are supposed to do following on the play he was the third forward into the net and found himself his first nhl goal and then just like happened in the ohl where when he got his first finally and in the nhl he didn't have to wait very long in the ohl it had to go more than a year he follows it up gets another one. So two in the same game in his first game that he scored in the OHL, he ended up getting a hat trick. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing stuff. Yes. Did not have to wait an entire year in the NHL to score and good autumn. He's going to play a lot down the stretch for the Preds, of course, with them uh, sending off a couple of players and the youth movement has moved in for Nashville and congratulations to the former London Knights. Follow along with all the podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts. We are up uh, at megaphone.com as well. And we will see you next week to recap this weekend, Mike. Sounds great. Have a great weekend, Kyle. Go Knights go.